Raw Truth podcasts may contain explicit, sensitive, and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or other medical professional. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Women's lives follow many paths, twists and turns, and choices never planned nor expected. In life, temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness can lead a good person to make a choice that they can't take back. When facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. In this podcast, you will hear stories from women who made the choice to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, stories of female infidelity. An anonymous and no-judgment podcast created and hosted by me, Rebecca Adams. I was an unfaithful wife. You are not alone. Hello and welcome back to Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. This is Rebecca. On today's episode, we're going to go ahead and finish up the story from Stacy. And if you haven't listened to part one, as you're a new listener, please go back and listen to part one so that part two makes more sense. But just a short recap, we met Stacy and she talked about being real sexualized when she was young and um, the gentleman, Alan, that she was engaged to and she lost her virginity to and had no regrets. But as they got older in college days, they kind of grew apart and split up and and there were a couple other people and then there was Jeff and Jeff ended up being her husband and she kind of goes on to say that she really changed her ways once she got married she wasn't a wild girl anymore and their marriage was struggling and they continued to try and work through it but she decided through her church to become a pen pal and she started corresponding with a gentleman named Chris, who was actually incarcerated for murder. And now, Stacy's story, part two. I sent Chris a few photos of me. I wrote about wanting to lose weight, and he wrote back that his favorite picture was me in my black pants. My mouth dropped when I read that. I was really chubby in that photo, my highest weight ever. Even though I wear my weight well, I was embarrassed by it, but he loved it. He made me feel amazing and incredible in my own skin. He saw all these qualities in me and he brought them to light. I loved him for it. He made me feel known. In October of 2021, Jeff and I were celebrating our 16th wedding anniversary. We decided to go to California to see the Redwoods with our kids. It could have been a good experience, but I was jaded. For one, Jeff decided that he liked listening to the hum of his truck and preferred that the trip was silent. So I took that opportunity to email myself letters to eventually mail to Chris. I started dropping heavy hints in these emails that I might like him as more than just a pen pal. After about five months of writing, Chris called my husband on Thanksgiving. 
I got my hands on the phone and took it into the next room. I was later reprimanded for that, but just talking to Chris for a couple of minutes was amazing and totally worth it. A few days later, I let him call me privately. Tell me what I want to hear, he probed. What? That I love you? I do. I love you. Chris and I didn't talk long before Jeff and I got into a fight and I admitted I was having an emotional affair with Chris. Jeff never caught me. I admitted to it within two weeks of that first private conversation. I told Jeff that if he made me choose between the two of them, I would choose Chris. I love Chris. Things got very strange after that. Jeff didn't know how to handle the situation, and in an effort to keep me, he suggested that I just let Chris love me. He said that Chris was the only other man in the world that loved me like he did. And then it became some weird triangle of a relationship. Chris and Jeff would talk on the phone. Sometimes all three of us. Jeff gave me gifts that Chris bought me. There were times conversations between Chris and I got very sexual. I finally found someone that had the same kinky desires as I had. Chris couldn't believe that there was a kinky Christian woman out there that would fall for a guy like him. It was about after six weeks that Jeff got jealous. He went out and ran some errands, and I spent the entire day on the phone with Chris. We must have been on the phone for seven hours. I even orgasmed on the phone for him. The butterflies I felt were incredible. Little did I know that Jeff went to seek advice and checked the cell phone records from the day to see how much time I had spent with Chris. Life went on as a triangle until a couple of days later, Jeff and I were fighting again and he told me I had to choose right then and there which guy I wanted. This is when he admitted he sought advice. He told me how many hours I was on the phone and how many phone calls were made. It was very much of a there's your door type moment. What could I do? I had no money, no job, no car. I was a stay-at-home mom for 13 years. I had to choose Jeff, so I did. Kind of. I can't begin to tell you how many times Chris and I broke up and got back together secretly, only to get caught again because one call, one letter, one email sent via Chris's sister wasn't covered up. It was turmoil for everyone involved. The kids were unsure if I was staying or leaving. I promised on multiple occasions to stop talking to Chris to my children. Admitting my sin. Jeff kept pressuring me to tell him everything, and I was unwilling. He never told me everything when it came to his porn addiction. So much he forgot. I didn't think it was fair that I had to tell him everything just because my experience was so recent. It was awful. In March of 2022, I couldn't live with Jeff anymore and I moved out. I got a home and a job within 10 minutes of each other and started out on my own. 
The feeling of being tossed back and forth didn't end for another year. There were moments I thought I needed to be a good Christian girl and get back together with Jeff. I did try multiple times to start a new relationship with him, but none lasted more than 24 hours. Moments where I felt the need to be true to myself. Moments that I broke up with Chris. Moments that I couldn't live without him. Jeff still had access to my phone records even though I was paying the bill. He would see calls with Chris. Over the summer, Jeff and I came to an agreement that we were going to be divorced, but not legally. We even drafted and signed a document between us. It was better financially for both of us to stay married, but live separate lives. From what I saw, I was going to have to pay him child support, but I was hardly making ends meet while he had a six-figure career. I could never shake the fact that at some point, if Jeff and I'd stayed together, Jeff was going to ask me to admit everything to him. I didn't want to. In September, I broke things off with Chris again. We didn't talk for a month. By the time we finally did, it was one of the happiest days of my life. I apologized over and over for breaking up, confessed all my love for him. A couple of weeks later, in October of 2022, I flew across the country and met Chris for the first time. It was inside the visitation room. There wasn't much physical contact. A hug hello and a hug goodbye. I sat across from him and was just so excited and tickled to actually see him in person and to hear his voice at the same time. Prior to that, I had only seen four photos of him. I was surprised that I made as much direct contact with him as I did. The seven hours flew by. I came back home completely depressed. I was still married, and the right thing weighed heavy on my mind. Chris was depressed that Thanksgiving, so I made a plan to come back out for his birthday in April of 2023. I even told Jeff I was going to visit Chris. Ironically enough, the day I was supposed to meet Chris again was April Fool's Day. Right before I was scheduled to leave, a very heavy feeling came over me. I can only explain it as a feeling of death. I got very fearful that if I flew back across the country, that I was going to be in a terrible accident. It was a very unnerving feeling. I ended up meeting with Jeff prior to my trip and telling him everything. Next thing I know, I'm once again breaking up with Chris, telling him I'm not coming to visit, and attempting a relationship again with Jeff. I found myself promising my kids again that I wouldn't contact Chris. What Chris and I had done was wrong. Instead of flying to see Chris, I went and got a hotel room for myself on my side of the country. After a week, Jeff and the kids met me there and we had two hotel rooms between us. Jeff and I went on a date. It was fun and awkward. 
We slept together and things seemed to be moving in the right direction. We even talked about getting divorced just to get remarried. It was good for about two weeks until Jeff asked me how my heart was. I hadn't allowed myself to feel much of anything. I think it was twofold. One, I didn't want to think about how Chris felt that I didn't show up. Two, I was very nervous about the grilling Jeff was going to be giving me about the entire relationship with Chris. I broke down and allowed myself to feel everything. Another major detail. At the time, a new guy, Dominic, was coming into my life. Jeff noticed Dominic. I brushed off the idea to Jeff that either of us were flirting, but Jeff took the new guy as a threat and got very defensive. He wanted to put Dominic in his place, but I knew I wasn't innocent and I didn't want to admit the truth or have Dominic suffer the consequences. Also, thoughts of suicide re-entered the scene. Overall, living on my own brought a lot of mental and emotional stability back into my life. I was a better mom, and that was one of my primary goals. So when these thoughts of suicide crept in, I knew that things on the inside were in a dark place. I don't know if the timing was right, but that's when I knew it was time to move on from Jeff and get a divorce. Imagining life with Jeff long-term was more than I could handle. I wish I could say the story ended here, but it didn't. For the most part, Chris and I stopped communication between March and the end of July. After I never showed up at prison, it really took a toll on him. We did talk briefly for a couple of weeks two months later, but at this time, I had my eye on Dominic. Dominic was a customer. He was staying nearby for a couple of months. I saw him nearly every day. We would only make eyes at each other. But when he was called to work another state over, he called me at work to see if he could have my number. By this point, my Christian walk had gone right out the window. I still believed and believe in God, but my moral compass was broken. Dominic was literally for my pleasure only. My 40th birthday was coming and I just wanted a one-night stand. I had only ever had sex with my boyfriends. This time, I wanted something different. Well, it was different, all right. He said and did all the right things, but I just wasn't able to be satisfied. Not exactly how I saw things going down in my head. Not only that, Dominic wasn't excited about the idea of a one-night stand. He wanted more. He wanted a real relationship. He and I were and are completely different. He's the careful, calculated, wise type that enjoys fishing and long naps. I'm the fluttering one, activity to the next, creative, messy, exploring abandoned houses type. We gave it a go, but ultimately I couldn't handle wasting long-term time with a guy that is boring. My divorce was finalized in July of 2023. Chris and I started talking again after the divorce papers were signed and right before the final documents arrived. We are pursuing the idea of a future together. 
The problem is, Dominic is too. He calls and texts often, and I have slept with him again on several occasions. I do well for a while and block him out of my life, but Dominic has a confidence that he will win me over that keeps me infatuated with him. It is also easy for Dominic to pop back into my life. Chris won't be out of prison until the fall of 2024. Chris knew that I slept with Dominic around my birthday and then some. However, I haven't said anything to Chris about Dominic still being around from time to time or giving into temptations more recently. I don't know what good it would do except to ease my own conscience. Even Chris admits that adjusting to life outside of prison after 20 years is going to be difficult. He's not sure we will make it. Neither am I. I'm really proud of the things I've accomplished and fears I have overcome in this time that I've been on my own. It took a lot of courage to get at this place, facing and working through the past traumas and betrayals, standing up for myself, following through with the divorce, buying my first car, getting a decent job. I have become a much healthier mom. I finally feel comfortable in my own skin, even if I am overweight. I did, however, underestimate the loss of self-identity that I would experience. I no longer feel sure about who I am or where I'm headed. I feel like I rediscovered the old high school college version of me again, but what parts do I want to keep and what parts do I want to change? How do I be a confident, independent woman and eventually a wife without reverting back into a shell of myself again? Yes, I cheated on boyfriends. But for 16 of almost 18 years of marriage, I never cheated on my husband or thought I ever would. I broke contact with Dominic, but I wonder if I will ever cheat again. I wonder if I should come up with multiple plans and goals for myself. One with Chris, one without. I wonder if my Christian walk will ever be as good as it once was or even better. Honestly, I feel like I'm stuck in limbo. Thank you so much, Stacy, for sharing your story. I'm going to give you my thoughts, my opinions on it. The way you ended the story with, you know, multiple, what do I do kind of a thing. I think you need to spend some more time just finding out about yourself. Um, you and I are very similar in that I struggle with being alone. I struggle with being single. I won't stay single long. If, you know, even right after my husband passed away, I, I longed for male companionship just because I always had it. And I never really gave myself time to find out who I really am and what I really need, because I would become dependent on who I was with emotionally. And then you'd sit back. And this isn't the first time, like when my first husband committed suicide, I moved on to my second husband fairly quickly, who was a friend. He's the one that I cheated on. And kind of a point in your story about that, I'm going to come back to in a minute. But it was just like, kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. And I don't know if you're feeling like me where I was like, well, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to get the chance. Nobody's ever going to want me. Nobody's ever going to need me. And I felt like 
that was something that I had to have, right? And I had a very short period of time where I did get to know myself. And I miss that sometimes. And I don't regret getting together with the Marine, marrying the Marine or anything like that. But who is Rebecca, right? Who, who am I? You were married young, always in a relationship. I was unfaithful to boyfriends in high school. I mean, I was still a virgin, but you know, I was still smooching or whatever with somebody else or whatever was teen, but I've, I've always had a hard time myself. And it wasn't until I finally grew up, lost my kids that I had to get my head out of my ass. But it's, it's a matter of, I think for you, let them go. You know, I, I wouldn't put all your eggs in your basket on Chris because you don't know how he is outside of jail, right? You see how he has been for the last 20 years locked up. He's right. There's going to be a long time changing to get used to things now. But what if you were to be with him? I don't know the history of what caused him to kill somebody, but is that something that you want to risk putting yourself and your children with? Maybe it was an accident. I don't know. Um, again, I, I don't know, but that's something to really think about. Is that healthy for you? What about just doing some alone time? Just take yourself where you need to go to a movie, go to the gym or wherever, go to the library, do the things you like to do with friends and give yourself some space from these men. There's a big world out there. And I know you said you're 40. And I promise you still have a lot of life ahead of you. And the men and the sex will come later. Just for you and your kids. Maybe just take care of yourself. One thing that I wanted to say too is when you were saying you would just feel that regret when you would get back together with your husband. You were trying to do the right thing, but in your gut, you just knew it was wrong. It was wrong. And it's funny. I was that way with my ex-husband, the one that I cheated on. And I will have nightmares to this day still that I am married to him. And I'm like, why am I here? Well, I don't want to be here. And it's like a torment. And it could be because I knew I hurt him. Um, but it's just that subconscious putting me back into a, a situation that wasn't comfortable. And I'm wondering if you're feeling the same way. Um, just in what you'd written, it sounds like you still are looking for a lot of validation from Jeff. And hopefully that has changed because what you do is none of his business. Regardless of the kid's situation, he may use that against you. Well, we have kids and I have custody, like my ex would say. Yeah, that's fine. But what I do in my own personal life is my own damn business, and I owe you nothing. I guess I really don't know what I'm trying to convey here to you. I think bottom line is, Stacy, I just think you need to spend some time on yourself. And you wrote that you feel that you've accomplished a lot and you've become a better mom. Focus on that because the time with the kids will be gone. I was just talking today to somebody about, I still have regrets. 
and I still feel horrible about what I did and it involving my children and I missed out on a lot of that time. And if I would have slowed down instead of worrying about moving to the next person who ended, who I ultimately ended up marrying, the one that passed away in, in 1920, in 2020, um, I think I would have been more involved and aware with my children. I didn't get to see him very much, but I was so worried and needing to take care of what I thought was important to me and my own emotions that I would be distracted and my kids fell short. And I just hate to see that happen to other people. Keep me posted. You know, your story would definitely be good for a follow-up at the end of the year just to see what's happened in 2024 for you. Did you meet up with Chris? I mean, obviously he's not out until this fall, but, uh, you know, where's Dominic? Where's Jeff? Maybe you find, like I'm hoping you will, yourself and then an amazing man who won't push you to be a certain way, who will allow you to be what you want, who you connect with deeper than sexual, um, more intellectual, and have those hobbies and things you like to do. So I really hope you keep in touch. And again, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. On Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, I share stories of women who have been unfaithful to their spouse or partner. I give them a safe space to be able to explain what happened and why they chose the direction of infidelity. But I also feel it is just as important to understand what the betrayed husband or partner faced when he uncovered the truth. Things were going so well for so long that you would think that's just the way it'll always be. But that's just not how life works sometimes. In March of 2019, just a month after our 20-year anniversary, my best friend, who was also my best man, called me up and told me he needed to see me in person. I know, you're thinking he was having an affair with Lacey and wanted to come clean. I went over to his house and when he greeted me at the door, he looked as if someone had died. I asked him what's wrong. He went over to his computer to show me something he found. It was a picture set of my wife and another man having sex. To hear exclusive stories of the men's discovery of female infidelity in their relationship, have early access to regular episodes ad-free, and more extras, subscribe to my Patreon by visiting my website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. Subscription pledges start as low as only $4 a month. You have been listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of Raw Truth Podcasts is truly appreciated. When you visit the website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com, you will find the story guides to help form your story, where you can subscribe to Patreon for exclusive episodes, and to vote for the podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to my other podcast, Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams, where taboo topics are discussed. To submit your female infidelity story, share feedback, or have general questions about the show, please email rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com.